0: Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh We welcome you all to another session, bi wherein we discuss the stories mentioned in the Qur'an. Today we will cover some of the stories in the fourth juz' but before we begin, uh, inshallah, we will touch on the last story which wasn't too clear yesterday as we wait for Sheikh Ibrahim to come. So yesterday we mentioned six different stories, walillah, alhamd as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh Ibrahim? Alhamdulillah, I'm well, and uh, we hope the viewers are all well. Alhamdulillah, and I hope they're all well too. We ask Allah Jalla ala to accept all our ibadah, fasting, and qiyam during this blessed month. Amin, Ameen. Yes, when it comes to the stories of uh, yesterday, the last story wasn't too clear. We mentioned the birth of Isa alayhi salam. Thereafter, we spoke about Isa alayhi salam in brief. Maybe if we could repeat that point. For me, what stood out was Allah jalla mentions the different miracles that he granted Isa alayhi salam. And when we look at the stories of the Anbiya, we find that Allah jalla gave them certain signs, certain miracles, which were... I wouldn't say to compare but which would make it closer for the people at the time to understand and that would be to do with something that had become quite prevalent amongst them so at the time of isa alayhi salam we find that medicine had advanced so allah Jalla granted him the ability to bring people who were dead back to life so from this what stood out to me was when it comes to these signs allah Jalla shows us signs even up to today there are certain things He shows us so that we can understand that it's not always or it's not under our control. There are things that we do not have answers to. Many, many, many things we don't have answers to. And our job here is to submit and believe. Allah Rabbul Izzati Wal Jalal actually says,
1: إِلَىٰ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ أَنِّي قَدْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِآيَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ أَنِّي أَخْلُقُ لَكُمْ that I create for you from clay like a bird. So I blow into it, so it becomes a bird with the permission of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Like you mentioned, He would actually cure the sick and He would raise the uh, dead to life. He would actually bring them back to life. with the permission of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So. What I find amazing is that in all of these verses, he mentions these amazing characteristics, but he doesn't attribute any of it to him or call the people to himself. But he says, بِإِذْنِ with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, drawing the attention to the fact that had Allah not given me this, I would have not had it. It's not my power, but it should lead you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think this is important for especially those who are involved Uh, In da'wah, for example, they are calling the people to Islam. They need to constantly remind themselves. And we all need to constantly remind ourselves that, you know, it's not about me or it's not about another human being or another person. We're not calling to people or entities. We're calling out to the one and only Allah. And he is the one that we should be channeling all of the attention to, uh, not to ourselves, of course. There, there will be a following. There will be people who like you. There will be people who love you. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we should make sure that it doesn't become about us and the human being, uh, the human beings, but rather Rabbul
0: Izzati wal Jalal. You know, the point you mentioned is so important and it's a theme throughout the Quran, wherein we find the Anbiya, salatu salam the pious people who were granted certain bounties and gifts. they always attribute it to Allah Jalla wa'ala even when it came to Sulaiman alayhi salam, here Isa alayhi salam, illa bi-idhnillah. It's all from Allah jalla وعلا. Moving on to today's Jews, the fourth juz, the first story we want to touch on or the first few verses we want to touch on, Allah jalla وعلا, is speaking about how he united the Muslims at the time. He says, Basically, all of you should hold fast and be steadfast, hold on to the rope of Allah jalla وعلا. وَلَا You know, do not differ and squabble and become disunited. Thereafter, Allah Jalla says, وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ Remember the bounty. Remember the virtue of Allah Jalla كُنْتُمْ فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ You were once enemies and Allah is the one who brought you together. For me, what stood out or the point I took away from this is when it comes to the ni'am of Allah Jalla the bounties of Allah Jalla wa'ala we should constantly remember them. Remember them with your heart inside, ponder over them, be thankful, be grateful, speak about them. Allah jalla granted me this, alhamdulillah. Sometimes you are sitting with your family at home, you have food, make shukr, and from gratitude is to teach them how to be grateful. Allah jalla granted this. Uh, granted us this food or this drink, alhamdulillah. So for me, that's what stood out. Allah jalla is speaking about how he brought them together and he says, remember that, that in itself is a bounty and a gift from Allah. When Allah brings you together as a family, as a unit, as a team, remember and be grateful, Allah Jalla will increase you. Yes, that, that, that's very, very in, interesting and important because uh,
1: we find that the hearts are not in our control, but in the control of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes we can make a huge effort to try and bring two parties together, but it won't happen. You spend a lot of money, you do a lot of things to try and bring them together. It just doesn't happen. Yet, with the smallest of reasons, people begin to love each other and they uh, enjoy each other's company. So ultimately, that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a bounty that we really and truly need to thank Him for. That's a solid point there. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that hold on to the rope of Allah fast. You know, hold fast onto the rope of Allah all of you and don't disunite so what i gather from this is that the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our connection to him and some of the mufassirin and the ulama they explain that the rope of allah is the quran so this is our connection to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, of course there, are, there is mention of also it being the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu including you know the Basically, Islam and how to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So your connection to Allah, there's a rope between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is by His words, الله, with the words with the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we hold strong onto that and within a certain understanding, then we should all be united. But the minute we begin to bicker and differ amongst ourselves that even though this man is holding on to the rope, but, you know, it's from another angle or it's from a different place, I can't. It's part of the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as you're holding fast on to that rope, then no matter where your hand is on it, if it is above or below or slightly to the right or to the left, as long as it is part of that rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then there's nothing wrong and we need to understand that only by holding fast onto this and tolerating those who are also holding onto this very rope of Allah will we gain unity and this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and don't disunite because the minute you start bickering then you become weak and as a result your hold and grip on that rope is not as
0: strong anymore you know, you mentioned a few important points that could that we could actually, you know, we could spend the whole episode speaking about them. A few of them I'll touch on. When it comes to the tafsir of Allah Jalla or the tafsir of the Qur'an, we find that sometimes the scholars mention a meaning. So, for example, Hablullah, some mention the Qur'an, some mention Islam, some mention the Sunnah. We should remember that these are not contradictory meanings. Most of the times when you read in the tafsir and you find more than one opinion, you'll find these opinions are not contradictory. Rather, they complement one another. The Quran, the Sunnah, Islam, etc. Another important point you mentioned, the scholars speak about this iftiraq or this differing. When it comes to the usul things which are you know pillars of deen, principles in the deen, then nobody differs there. There You are not allowed to differ. So, for example, no Muslim says that there is more than one God or there are more than five compulsory salawat, etc. However, when it comes to certain masail, where there is ijtihad, there is no clear-cut ayah or hadith to show that it's like this. Here, it's according to the understanding, firstly of the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after that, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and amongst themselves in certain rulings that didn't lead to any major problems, this ikhtilaf or this difference of opinion was tolerated. And if you want to read more about it, you should look at the books of hadith, the books of Sirah, the books of fiqh, and you will find this not only at the time of the sahaba, radiyallahu anhum, when Rasulullah was alive, but also after he passed away. And later on, we find the scholars themselves, they differed in in certain rulings where this difference of opinion was permissible. Moving on yes. to the next moving on. on to the next story, we find Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about the battle of Badr. For those who don't know, the battle of Badr, we find that the Muslims, after they had migrated, they were short in numbers compared to the enemy. They also had a lack of resources. Allah Jalla granted them the opportunity. They thought, or they would have loved to go on this in order to gain the wealth that was taken away from them in the first place. You know, unjustly, their wealth had been taken away. So they thought they were going for that. And Allah Jalla made it such that the people from Makkah came and a battle occurred. During this battle, we find that the Muslims, they were less in number, their resources were less, but Allah Jalla still granted them victory. For me, what stands out, when you look at the story as a whole, and you look at the ayat that come after it, Allah Jalla mentions that he granted them victory. After the story, he starts speaking about some of the sins we should stay away from. لا riba, don't eat interest. He also says, obey the messenger. He mentions, if you commit a sin or a mistake, turn back to him immediately. It says, though, Allah Jalla is saying that when it comes to victory, in the same story, your victory is all from Allah Jalla wa'ala. And the very first step to victory is to obey him. Stay far away from sin. Obey the messenger. And we find this is apparent in the story of Badr. As for the next story, which we will get to, we find that a mistake occurred and from the Muslims were in a winning position and from that, they lost. Powerful point, powerful point. I mean, I didn't actually take a whole
1: look at the story as a whole and try to derive something. So that's uh, amazing that you mentioned that. uh, Of course, when we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're naturally losing in our lives and we are not gaining, we're in a position, in a negative position, but we can turn that into something positive by uh, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turning back to him, seeking his... ...you have no control over the matter that Allah forgives them or he punishes them for indeed they are oppressors. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa or he's addressing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that you don't have control over the matter, meaning there are certain things within your control and within your capacity. What you can do, do. And what is out of your control, don't let that bother you and affect you. Today in our lives, we can learn a lesson from this, that there are certain things that are out of our control. For example, the situation that we are in, we cannot control it, we cannot control the outcome of the situation. What we've got to do is take our precaution and do what is possible for us to do in terms of social distancing, etc., etc., and then we don't go further than that. Let us not sit and worry about what is going to happen in two months' time, who is going to be alive, who's not going to be alive, what's going to happen to my business, etc., because we really and truly don't have control over this. So, I find a lot of peace in this ayah, whereas, uh, you know, when you sit and look at your your life, your business, what's happening, your job, you you start wondering what's going to happen, where's my next paycheck going to come from, etc. But when you tell yourself that certain things are out of your control, thank Allah, and let it go, leave it in His hands, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will
0: most definitely provide You know, as you mentioned, it comes to submitting to the decree of Allah Jalla wa'ala. And we find from the ayah that you mentioned, where Allah Jalla is addressing the messenger, sallallahu It's not up to you, O messenger of Allah, what happens. Basically, everything is in the hands of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Moving on to the next story, we find that Allah Jalla speaks about the battle of Uhud. When we look at the battle of Badr, the previous battle we mentioned, the Muslims, they were less in number, they were not as well equipped. In this battle, they were much they were much better off, they were better equipped compared to the previous battle. And we find Allah Jalla mentions how they were in a winning position and then they lost. Allah Jalla says, You basically disobeyed the messenger and you started arguing amongst one another. Should we stay or should we go to the treasure? Or should we go to the spoils of war? مَا مَا and you disobeyed the messenger. After Allah Jalla showed you that victory, you know, it was you were about to get it, and you disobeyed Allah, and you lost from a winning position. A few points that I took away from this. Firstly, when it comes to our current day situation, we find a lot of times. We find things going wrong in our lives. We can't find the answer. Read about the story and read about how just one mistake, they disobeyed or they didn't listen to the command of the messenger, sallallahu Alaihi wasallam, and they lost a whole battle from a winning position. Another important point to mention is that it's not over until it's over. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you want to do something in life. Let's say I give you an example, your business, you need uh, a certain paper or some sort of, you know, a muwafaqa acceptance. Let's say you need a license and you make dua, you make dua, you make dua, you're about to get it. And somebody promises you, you get it, you know, tomorrow. And because you've been promised that from a winning position, from doing all your, you know, your good deeds and that you forget Allah, you start disobeying him and you find that that specific thing in your life that was, you know, in, in your reach. Allah takes it away from you because of a mistake. So we should make a lot of tawbah, istighfar, and we should be humble. The more Allah gives, the more we should attribute this bounty to him and be grateful, make istighfar for our sins. Powerful point. It's not over until it's over. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
1: most definitely, we should never forget him at any point in our lives. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا عَلَى, أحد في على ما ولا ما والله بما And recall when you were running off and you would not look back on anyone whilst the messenger was in your rear to the to the back. So. He then caused grief to overtake you over grief, so that you may not grieve for what you might lose or nor for what might befall you. And Allah is aware of that which you do. I find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know that in the battle of Badr, the Muslimin, they were attacked from the top, top of the mount. They came down the, the, the you know they came down at a time. And from both sides of the army, they were attacked. At this point, some of the Muslimin retreated and they began to run away up into the mountain. They, they started retreating and running away. So Rasulullah was calling them from the back to say, Come back, come back, you know, stand your ground. And whilst he was calling them, they carried on. A lot of them carried on. Some of them came back. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So he gave you a grief. Bi-ghammin. And another grief, لِكَيْ تحزنوا, So that you may not grieve. So the grief was so that they may not grieve on that which they had lost or that which they had been afflicted by. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them grief so that they may not grieve in a larger and greater way. This for me was a fine point to say that sometimes Allah will give you a hardship in order to take your mind away from the difficulty and grief that you are in. And I know personally, a person who lost a son and this person was lost and didn't know what to do. They were grieving and they continued to grieve. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them something even more, uh, you know, something that was uh, even more shocking to them that took them out of that grief. So sometimes... In your grief, there is rahmah, there is a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes he's taking you out of more worry and anxiety, that which will lead to your downfall. Because this person was literally getting depressed to the point that perhaps they would have taken their own lives. Uh, You know, they couldn't take it anymore. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put something in their life that literally took it, you know, uh, took their attention away from that. So I, I find that sometimes even in your grief and the problems that you're facing, there's rahmah and there's mercy. And we need to understand this and focus upon the positives rather
0: than looking at the negatives. You know what you mentioned is so true. So many times Allah Jalla wa'ala gives you something in life, or this is a small affliction or trial, he saved you from something bigger at times, or he's preparing you for something bigger. He most definitely wants to give you, he is Al Karim, he gives. And he is able to do all things. As we mentioned the other day, you know, if you believe you obey Allah, there is no need for him to punish you. We've got to submit. And as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in the hadith, that a believer, if things are going good for him in life, things are easy. He makes shukr. He is grateful. And if things are difficult, he is patient. At the same time, he has hope in the mercy of Allah jalla wa And he knows that this affliction will most definitely pass. Shaykhana, is there anything else you'd like to add yes something that you mentioned caught my attention
1: where uh, you said that you know a smaller affliction actually averts a bigger one but sometimes to us something is is bigger and it is greater yet who is the true measure who has the true measure of this it's only allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we don't know which trial is bigger and which one is smaller. Yes, something may seem bigger to us, but at times it's actually a smaller issue in the grand scheme of things. But we obviously don't see the whole picture. We don't understand everything. You know, to bring it closer to our minds, to understand takdir, to bring it closer to our minds, of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the highest of examples and we don't uh, similarize anything to Him at all, but because our minds are so small to bring it closer to our minds, uh, sometimes you have a picture and there's one you know there's pixels that make us this make up this picture and there's thousands or millions of these pixels. Your life at this juncture and at this point is just one pixel. you don't see the entire picture. So standing back from the picture and looking at it uh, at that point when you further and more distant from that particular situation you may understand what's what happened at that time and the wisdom behind it uh, but at the particular junction where you're going through the problem you be, begin to wonder why am i going through this what's happening i don't understand i don't know what's going on remember that there's a greater plan there's always wisdom uh, in the plan of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: Allahu Akbar, you mentioned such a powerful point. And, you know, to bring it closer to our minds, look at a picture that has many, many pixels. You are just at that one pixel in your life that's going on right now. The bigger picture, you have to go back. It, the picture itself has to complete and you can see it when you're far away. Somebody mentioned in the comments at Tawakkul, most definitely, I think what we learn from the stories of Badr as well as Uhud is Tawakkul, putting our trust in Allah Jalla the right way. It was a battle. Rasulullah wasallam. yes, he made dua. Yes, he had his tawakkul, his trust in Allah. At the same time, he wore armor when it came to those battles. They had horses. They had their camels. They had their weapons. So a lot of times people, they, yes, tawakkul, but the correct tawakkul. Tawakkul is not where you say, I put my trust in Allah and, you know, you let your camel loose and let it go. And if it comes back, it will come back. It will come back. That's not the way. You have to take bil asbab by all the means and, you know, possibilities, resources Allah has given you. You have to use them also. All that we find Rasulullah did. He put his trust in Allah, but also when it came to the worldly aspect of things, he took care of it to the best of his ability.
1: Yes, uh, Sheikh. uh, If we can encourage the viewers also uh, to go to the ayat and read them before we uh, begin, you know, there's there's mention next to the ayah. There's that next to the story that we're going to be discussing the ayah number as well. So if you can actually go there and read a bit of this, perhaps you'll have a better understanding. And at the same time, you can even. Uh, contribute if you feel that you understand something you can contribute and inshallah where we can correct each other we will and where we can contribute to each
0: other we will and perhaps this way it will be more interactive as well yes. as you mentioned for those who want to read these verses before we come on inshallah we'll put them out with the verse number so you're able to just open the chapter in the quran and go to the verse read about it read the english maybe you will you will be able in fact not maybe you will most definitely be able to learn something. It is the Qur'an. You will be able to take a piece of benefit, some new thing you learn, and share it with us also. I think also for people who want to follow these streams, we find the videos on YouTube and also now in the podcast directories, your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So for those who want to find them, just go to the YouTube videos and in the, in the comments, you'll find all the links there. Sometimes it's easier to listen on those directories. Yes, and uh, they, they can find the links in in the bios, inshallah. Inshallah.
1: Jazakum inshallah. khair, Shaykh. Is there anything else you'd like to mention?
0: No, Jazakallah khair. I think I've had a good uh, good session today, alhamdulillah. Ameen wa Barakallahu We thank you all for having followed us and taken the time. We ask Allah Jalla to increase us all in goodness and to accept our good deeds. Shaykhana, I leave it there. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.